Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Hopefully you're not stuck in deadly traffic or getting rained on. Keep this in mind, though, when you get home or somewhere safe, if you got time, check me out on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Trust me, I will make it worth your while. I'm going to make this next hour worth your while. Later on, I'm going to be hearing from Hawkman and Crowder. Here's a little taste of what you'll hear from them as the show goes on. A lot of goalie talk. A lot of goalie research done this afternoon. Mmm, nothing like goalie talk and goalie researching. Of course, the Joe Rose Show will hear from them in just a few minutes, talking to Armando Silguero. Of course, he is out at the NFL Combine. Going to give us the skinny on that. And the Dan Lebetard Show. What did LeBron do this time? We will find out, of course. Right now, let's find out. Those headlines. Jimmy Butler is questionable for the Heat when they face his former team, Minnesota, tonight at 7.30 here in Miami. Sergei Bobrovsky had 38 saves in last night's Panthers 2-1 win over Arizona. Next up, huge playoff implications when they play Toronto tomorrow at the BB&T. The Dolphins say they are open to trading up to the top spot in the NFL draft. The Marlins played the Cardinals in spring training today, winning 8-7. The Canes baseball team are tied at 5 with USF in the ninth. This weekend, they face Towson here in Miami. Maria Sharapova has retired. The tennis star won five Grand Slams in her 19-year career. Team owner David Beckham in Inter-Miami has named goalkeeper Luis Robles team captain in advance of the organization's first MLS match this Sunday, 5.30 p.m. at LAFC. And now you know what time it is. It's time to take a step into the day spa. (sighs) A Michigan man recently stabbed his boyfriend with a samurai sword after the lover failed to buy him some weed. You know who really needs marijuana? That guy. An odd smell in parts of Pennsylvania continues to persist. Officials are baffled, but I think... Too many people have been eating oysters and beans. More Pennsylvania news. A woman was recently diagnosed with urinary auto-brewery syndrome, which causes the bladder to make alcohol and shows high levels of it in the person's urine. Yeah, this is now my excuse when work comes calling. Flat Earth theorist Mad Mike Hughes recently died in a rocket crash. Guess he didn't account for the curvature of the planet. 
Now on the weather brought to you by Hialeah Park. Tonight's forecast calls for rain with temperatures in the mid-70s. For the best poker tournaments in South Florida, visit Hialeah Park Poker Room. Visit HialeahPark.com for our poker tournament schedule, plus join us for our $75,000 guarantee March 7th through 13th. Why play anywhere else? Visit HialeahPark.com for details. In the mornings, you always got to get your cup of joe. The Joe Rose Show from 6 to 10. They caught up with Armando Salgura, who is out in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. What they talk about? Well, they talked about what the Dolphins will do with their picks. Maybe no quarterback taken by the Dolphins this coming draft. Ooh, that would be interesting. Tanking in theory and the Finns needing some line help. A lot of picks, a lot of holes for the Miami Dolphins as uh, everybody's saying they're controlling the draft with all these picks. Armando, I'm just curious. Now the Lions and Giants are coming out saying we're open for business. Make us an offer. How much will that scare the Dolphins into potentially moving up? And I know there's a long time to talk about it, but hell, I don't know when I'm going to see you again. It's been a while, Joe. So... Are they going to be scared into it? No, they're going to make, uh, you know, a decision based on what they think is best for them. That decision is nowhere being made yet. The Dolphins have not yet talked to any team about a potential trade up or down. You know, you hear reports of the Dolphins are doing this and the Dolphins are doing that. Well, you know, maybe if no one's telling Chris Greer about it and he's only the general manager, it is early. You got to understand they are here in Indianapolis, which, by the way, it's snowing right now. I'm looking out the window. It's snowing. They're here in Indianapolis and they're starting to meet the so-called quarterback four that everybody says that they're interested in. Tua Tungvaloa, Justin Herbert. Jordan Love, Jacob Eason, I guess you can include in there. It did include Joe Burrow, but not anymore because he's going to Cincinnati. Hey, uh, the, the other interesting part of this is, because we get this on the text machine, I know you get it too, like, hey, we, we can't move up and give up a bunch of picks because we got so many holes on the team. The draft looks strong. Let's use all those picks. Is there a chance in your mind that they don't take a quarterback in the first round? Is there a chance of that? Yes. Absolutely. And the chance is not not just because, hey, we don't want to use our draft resources to actually pay for one. The thinking is more, hey, we don't want to use anything, a draft pick on the wrong guy, on a guy that we don't love. And that's the problem with this draft. There's a lot of quarterbacks, but they all come with, yeah, but, yeah. you know, uh, Tua had a great career at Alabama. Right? Yeah. But but. he's always hurt. Justin Herbert had a nice career at Oregon. Yeah, but, you know, the guy's inaccurate. And we don't know if he's a leader, which is kind of important to Brian Flores more than most. It's all, yeah, but. Jordan Love is very mobile and and has arm talent. Yeah, but he threw 17 interceptions last year, which was more than the year before. In a year, he knew that he had to play well to come out in the draft and do well. So... All these guys come with yeah buts. Unless the Dolphins can get past those yeah buts, they're not just going to throw multiple picks at guys that they don't love. Armando, so I have a, re- a rebuttal to that. How how do you describe what last season was, though, if you're not going to get a franchise quarterback and draft one? And, and I thought that was the plan. I, I know the plan was obviously to get the first pick overall, so you could have your choice, and that didn't work out. But if they go through that first round, if we get to Friday morning here in the radio show after the first round that Thursday night, and there is not a quarterback picked, how, how do the Dolphins kind of explain that? I hear you, man. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, Armando, I'm not trying to argue with you. I know you're not Chris Greer. No, no, no. But if Friday morning comes around and Jordan Love or Eason or Tua or Burrow or or Herbert is not picked and not into Dolphins and we're not getting that midnight conference call with one of those quarterbacks, how the hell can they explain that to not just a fan base but even Stephen Ross? Hey, Zach, if you open the pages of the Miami Herald today or if you go on your tablet or your cell phone and you read my column, there's that paragraph that said it would be very disappointing if the Miami Dolphins don't pick and don't find a quarterback because otherwise, what was the 2019 2019 season all about? Right, right. Uh, What I'm telling you is what they think, not what I think. Right, right. Okay. On the other hand, there's this. And this is very real. It would look, it would be a bad look if they don't come out with a quarterback from this draft and specifically the first round. It's going to be a terrible look if they come out with a terrible quarterback. I can understand that because if you miss and Chris Greer drafts the wrong guy, Chris Greer, he's counting his days, his hours until, until that kind of gets blown up in his face. I just can't understand. How? Because because even in that case, if if I mean I, I know that Burrow is kind of off limits. Cincinnati's going to pick Burrow, but man, how do you go through the season that they just went through? Get all these picks and all this. I mean, unless they have a plan that they're going to you know that Brady's going to Vegas and they're going to get a car or something's going to happen, Cam Newton or something's going to happen for a year or two. Because we, without that, wow, what a what a disappointing season. That's why tanking in the abstract is a fine idea. Let's let's tank set ourselves up for picking the best quarterback in the draft next year and everything will be solved. But in reality, in practice, 15 different things can happen, including the fact that, oh, by the way, your coach doesn't agree to tank and he wants to win and they win five games, including five of the last nine. And oh, by the way, nobody told Ryan Fitzpatrick to be in on the tank. And so he played his heart out. And oh, by the way, no one told Tua Tangavaloa, hey, the Dolphins are tanking for you. You can't get injured. <laughs> yeah, right. It's <laughs> right. crazy. Right. Hey, by the way, um, it's, it's always an interesting one because I think we all agree what the game plan was, and the coach went out and won five games. Uh, I, I'm just curious. you think he was ever asked by anybody like, hey, maybe we, we, we got a couple of wins here. You want to see Josh Rosen again, or did they just stay away from Coach Flores? Coach uh, Coach Flores, I think you know by now, Joe, he's got a certain personality. You know, you don't really tell him what to do, <laughs> okay? No, I agree. I don't, think, I don't think that's the way that he rolls. I think he rolls with, look, I know what to do, and I was brought up to win. Right. And that's what I've always done. Now, are you asking me, did Flo know from the beginning what the plan was? Of course he did. He's the guy that asked for and got a five-year contract rather than the routine four-year contract because he knew that that first year would be a disaster because the plan was to do what? Oh, yeah, not to win that much. Right. And so he knew what the plan was, but when the plan was put into practice, he wasn't going to lay down. He was going to coach his heart out. He was going to try to win, do what he could to develop the players that he had. They did that to a degree of 5-11, and 11, which is tell, still, by the way, let's, let's be, have a good perspective. 5-11 and 11 is a terrible season. It's horrible. Right, correct. Uh, but it was way better than what, you know, they even thought it would be. Yeah, no, not the way it started. My God, five wins and and teased a couple of more. Yeah, no, that wasn't supposed to be like that. Hey, Armando, uh, we always talk about all these these different things and and uh, all the different takes on on this football team and and everything. How involved will Stephen Ross be 
and especially this being such an important draft, one of the most important in the history of the Miami Dolphins franchise, if not the most, how involved will the owner be in knowing everything, especially in the first two rounds? Oh, no, absolutely. He is going to know everything. Uh, and he is going to have – he's going to ask questions like he always has. Uh, and he's going to make suggestions. Now, I think the involvement stops short of do this, do that. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he crosses that line. He, he really never has crossed that line. He does and has in the past yelled at people when he's not happy. He has in the past given strong suggestions, but he's never told anyone, you must do this or you're out. Uh, that's not a line that he crosses. He's going to want to be involved with everything that happens with this this top well, he, of the draft. He has been involved. Right. Think about it. Right. I mean, the guy went to games this year. Right. Uh, he talked to coaches this year. <laughs> I mean, this is yeah. the owner, and he's like on the field before a game looking at, at potential draft picks. Uh, uh, granted, he's not there holding a stopwatch or anything like that. That's about as involved as most owners get. If we were just going by, and if and it's kind of hard to do, but if we could just say, all right, we got Ryan Fitzpatrick, we're okay at quarterback right this minute. What's the biggest need on this Dolphins team? I was talking to Jeff Cross. He goes, Joe, this thing's not even close. Hope Jeff doesn't get mad at me. He said, Joe, they have no pass rushers, not one at linebacker or on the defensive line. They have no pass rushers. Jeff Cross is absolutely correct. And by the way, the offensive line is about, I would say, three good offensive linemen from being any good. They are a team that Chris Greer wanted to build along the trenches that still needs to be built along the trenches four years into the Chris Greer general managership. So uh, that's not a good look. I think that they're going to have to do some work. That's why people are saying we've got three first round picks and two second round picks. Let's not, you know, mortgage the farm on a quarterback when we've got all these other needs. I recognize that. And I think people recognize this team is not one quarterback away from going to the Super Bowl. No, this team is a a quarterback and two offensive tackles and an edge rusher and a, you know, a great middle linebacker and a cornerback and a guard and a running back and maybe another wide receiver and another cornerback away from being good. Oh, that's it? Oh, that's not so bad. Yeah, that's, that's all. Right. What, that's what, what do you do with Jesse Davis? Where do you put what Jesse Davis? Where, where do you put yeah. Jesse Davis? I'm sorry. That's a great question. You know, these this administration has turned him into a tackle where the last used him at guard. I think Jesse Davis is a good player that needs to – continue to prove that he's good versus better competition. He's been a solid player versus inferior competition, and that's why he's starting. If at some point you see Jesse Davis as the swing guy that's on the bench, you know that something has gotten better because someone was good enough to beat him out. Armando, is there any any players in your eyes that still aren't safe to make this roster that are on the roster right now that might get cut? Several of them. I mean, <laughs> Vet, veterans. I was surprised you, you said any, that. I, well, what? Yeah, Albert Wilson. Is, is Albert Wilson going to be a Miami Dolphin next year? I think Albert Wilson will be a Miami Dolphin this year. I know that Drew Rosenhaus is meeting with the team up here in Indianapolis. Uh, that meeting has not happened yet. Typically, those sorts of decisions are made by teams that are strapped against the cap. The Dolphins aren't strapped against the cap. They've, they've got more cap space than just about anybody in the NFL. And so why would a team that has a bundle of needs, as we just went through, create another hole? I I don't understand that because Albert Wilson 
like it or not, I mean, he's he's a playmaker. Right. I think Chan Gailey will figure out a way to get him some plays. Adam Gase did. Uh, maybe Chad O'Shea didn't right away, but eventually he did. What about Rashad why, Jones? Why would That's another story. I don't know that Rashad Jones is going to be on the Miami Dolphins. Did he do that? A lot of those decisions last year, Rashad Jones, or do you think where he played and then he was gone and then finally just that was it? Was that more about him, just an agreement with he and the, the, the head coach, or you think he said that's it, or he thought there's a chance he could come back? I think Rashad Jones, uh, are you saying why didn't he play as much? Yeah. He was hurt. I mean, he wanted to play, and after a while it was one thing after another. Look, you reach a certain age. Injuries start to take their toll a little bit, and I think Rashad, what is he, 31 now? Yeah. So well, listen, he's had I a think, physical good career here. I agree. Yeah, this is a guy that played a year with a torn labrum. Yep. Those kind of things, they take their toll. I don't know that that he is what you would call a, a, an up-arrow guy. Uh, I think the yeah. better days have been behind him. Still respect him. Still think that he can help the right team. But I don't know that the Dolphins are the right team anymore. That's not – their arc is not – Let's trot out the the older vet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's not where they're that's not where they're headed. This has been a pretty good little appetizer, just kind of kicking things off. Even though the draft's not for a couple months, I thought it was a good way for us yeah. to all get started together today, Armando. <laughs> no, it was wonderful. And as we were speaking, now it's actually full blown snowing here. Oh, it's like wow, man, snow. But, but, it's crazy. But the good thing about it, most of those things are all connected where you right. don't have to go out and actually walk in the snow. You can walk through, I call it tunnels, through the hotels and, and uh, everything to get to the uh, indoor facility, right? The good thing about it is there's a jet leaving Indianapolis tomorrow headed to South Florida, <laughs> and I got a seat on it. You are beautiful. Uh, well, it is full-blown raining here in Miami, but I will take that over the snow 365 out of 365 days. Of course, 365 days, that's how many days a year we basically talk about who the Dolphins are going to draft. I guarantee the day after this year's draft, we're going to start talking about who they need to draft next year. So buckle up. Speaking of buckling up, Dan Levitard's show. You always got to buckle up for those guys. Here's a taste of what they were talking about earlier today. If he knocks out, for example, Giannis and wins a championship, we're going to look back and have some remorse about how uh, cruel we were in our assessments of seeing someone who was unprecedented and always predicting his downfall, always (laughs) predicting the next great, this guy is the best player in the sport. That is coming your way in just five minutes, so keep it right here on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Please give me a follow on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. Forget that it's Michael Bolton's 67th birthday on this day, 1932, in Arkansas. The great Johnny Cash was born. I fell into a ring of fire. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Man, that never gets old. Some other music greats that celebrate this day as their birthday. From the town I was born in, that's Domino in 1928. Also, Erica Badu's birthday. So happy birthday to them all, but especially the late great Johnny Cash. Speaking of being great and never late, Dan Levitard's show, weekdays from 10 to 1, right here on 560 The Joe. Earlier today, 
They talked about those things LeBron do. Also, everything LeBron does is a big deal. Not to mention a little bit of March Madness, but it's not the type of March Madness you're thinking. It was late at night, Stugatz, and I don't expect you to have been up watching it, but uh, did LeBron do the thing? Was the thing done by LeBron the thing that you love the most when LeBron reminds everyone that whoever the newcomer is or the next alleged challenger to his throne, he sh- he scores a career-high 40, I'm sorry, a season-high yeah. 40 mm-hmm. last night uh, playing against Zion Williamson. They beat Zion Williamson. Uh, I do wonder, as it regards LeBron James, and this is a fairly flabbergasting thing to say, given that ESPN has become an infomercial for LeBron for years, and he is the modern-day Michael Jordan and Muhammad Ali. But I do feel like we're going to look back, if he knocks out, for example, Giannis and wins a championship, we're going to look back and have some remorse about how uh, cruel we were in our assessments of seeing someone who was unprecedented and always predicting his downfall, always <laughs> predicting the next great, this guy is the best player in the sport, uh, with some great need to make Kawhi Leonard the best player in the sport instead of LeBron James. So, and one of the people who's cruel perpetually is Skip Bayless, and now he's wondering why LeBron didn't go to Kobe Bryant's memorial. And Co- and LeBron James was sort of evasive, so one assumes that he didn't go to the Kobe memorial, but why... Like, what are we doing there? Like, is it because Michael Jordan flew across the country that LeBron has to be at a memorial that isn't allowed to grieve the way that he wants to grieve or has to grieve? Well, I think people are just wondering, you know, Laker, good friend, um, has taken the torch from Kobe Bryant. I think people would find it odd if LeBron was a guy who didn't show up to that service. They would find it odd. I'm not telling him how to grieve, but people would find that odd. Why is his attendance necessary? Honestly, like, who cares? It's not about LeBron. Why is everybody trying to figure out if he was there or not? He wasn't there. It would seem obvious, right? Because they showed every basketball player and every person of note that was there. But if he chose not to go, who cares? Why Like, why do you have to make it about whether or not LeBron was there? I read that he was there and that he requested to not be shown and that he was in a hoodie and that at one point Diana Taurasi referenced him in it and she kind of pointed like you could see her say LeBron didn't even get that fade away and he's in his whatever year he's in and she gives a look over as if he is there and he made some request to like just leave me out of this I don't want to be shown I would say that we need takes and LeBron has been a take machine for 10 years he's been a content producer whatever it is and because this one's difficult to talk about because how many times can you say we're all in pain about this there have to be talking points. And so somebody's going to plant their flag where Skip Bayless does, which is question whether someone's at a funeral. Or oh, but not. he's not the only one. There's reporters going up directly asking LeBron. Like, Skip's not the only person that's doing this. A lot of people are doing it, and it's kind of gross. Uh, and I'm telling you why it's happening, though, because uh, he's the perpetual content machine over the last decade for all of us. And whatever is happening about around him, whether it's Taco Tuesday or something else, his fame is such in this sphere that whatever he's doing or not doing becomes something to take sides on. I mean, I didn't really care about it, whether he was there or not, until Rich Paul came out with a very bizarre statement. Oh, he's in his own space. And just adding to this mystery, I'm like, it's almost as if Rich Paul made this a thing with that comment. 
I think that's where the attention to it is drawn. Also, just from the very top, we're an infomercial for LeBron, but we're not giving him enough credit? Yeah. Uh, that is correct. <laughs> we televise all things LeBron. I should say, because an infomercial, I guess, is all positive, right? Yeah. Uh, the network, you tell me what the network has covered more in the last 10 years than LeBron James. He is the athlete of our time. Who's second? Colin Kaepernick. Is Probably. It, yeah. Is yeah. Colin Kaepernick. And yeah. then Tebow. Oh, Brady. Tiger Woods in there somewhere. Tiger Woods. I mean, Kobe's in there. That's a top five. Yeah. Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. Lynn. Jeremy Lynn. Oh, Lynn. For those two weeks, <laughs> Lynn Sanity. Yeah. I mean. Johnny Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Can we go back to those two weeks for a second? Back to back SI covers. <laughs> Lynn Sane. Two straight weeks. Uh, how many How many Sports Illustrated covers was Jeremy Lynn? Back to back. Was he? He was back to back. I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that true? I want to, Mike Ryan, help me out here because one of the things that happens around here is I will throw out an idea and we sometimes fertilize it and many times what happens is everyone just hopes I forget about it. It was back to back. Back to back Sports Illustrated <laughs> covers for Jeremy Lin. The thing that I was uh, throwing around with Mike Ryan, March is a big uh, month for us. We do our March Madness tournament. It is uh, it is very popular. It's our looks like tournament. I don't know any details for what it is we're going to be doing beginning March 17th uh, with this tournament, but I'm looking forward to all of it because we have a lot of fun with that not covering college basketball. But the thing I wanted to ask Mike Ryan is, and I know that there's some degree of difficulty on this, and we need to uh, get the help of the audience because the audience makes the looks like game the clever thing that it is. The audience is writing all of those, and we have something else that we need to outsource here, but I'm scared of outsourcing it, and I don't know how to outsource it. And Mike Ryan, because, you know, he can be corporate Michael on occasion, and there are times that he is afraid of certain things. I want to have in March, after Black History Month, congratulations to Deontay Wilder for celebrating and honoring Black History Month by wearing a 45-pound costume to the ring that affected his legs, according to him, and allowed Greg Cody the opening to make the great joke that what he could have done to honor Black History Month is knock out the white guy. Uh, I want to do, it's the funniest line Greg Cody has ever had <laughs> on the show. I want to outsource for March a white history month. Every day I want to celebrate, always through the prism of sports, right? Because we're not allowed to talk race and race is allegedly politics now and politics is not allowed. So we have to do it through the prism of sport. Just examples of funny racism in sports every day. I want to do it every day to celebrate in March White History Month. And Mike Ryan is bucking on this idea because he says, and I've sent him a dozen funny ones. He says we don't have a month's worth of funny ones. I've sent you a dozen funny ones, No, Mike. they're funny to you. <laughs> not March. to America. <laughs> March is also Women's History Month, ah. so you don't want to do that March, Dan. Yeah. So maybe you kick that back to April. Well, right. which, which management style are you guys espousing here? This is too dangerous and edgy, or we hope Dan forgets because we just uh, can't be clever enough to do it. Which is it? Like, which is the management style we're espousing okay. this time? All right. Number one, back off with not clever enough to make it work. It is a very, very dangerous thing. Your punchline is racism. You have to toe the line between. You can't tell me we don't have hindsight. five things from the Donald Sterling controversy. Five different things that we could do uh, on, on look, a whole week. Donald, of them. Look, there's Donald Sterling. He has AIDS. You can laugh back with hindsight at 
what that, Jackson that phrase did. needs some context for people who don't know with uh, Donald Sterling. I'm taking March off. He got AIDS. You can't just say Donald Sterling has AIDS and expect that be that to be the funny thing. In well, Donald Sterling much. doesn't have AIDS. All right. But to be fair, neither does Magic Johnson. That's right. Um, yeah, as Anderson Cooper pointed out. Hang on one second. I got to get this. This is do you really want to do this? I, like I thought I thought this was dead and buried because You were hoping I would forget. No, we had a conversation. You texted me. I I know you're apprehensive about it. I'm, I'm trying to make it work, but there's only so many John Beeline funny instances with that you can look back on and say, "Oh, that was that was kind of funny I, and ridiculous." I, I think the audience is going to help us find 30 because I feel like I sent you 12. I sent you a dozen of them that I thought Yeah, and six of them displayed really poor judgment on your part. Yeah, no, there's nothing no, funny about John no, Rocker. Nothing. That's not true. Nothing. That is not true at all. The way that the Braves hated him? No. There that is not true that there is nothing funny about John Rocker. You've got to be kidding there me. There is nothing funny about the John Rocker. You thing. don't think a White History Month is funny saying that John Rocker tried to defend himself once by saying he dated a black woman. You don't think that that's funny. John Rocker, you say no to that, right? That that's how he tried <laughs> to defend one, himself. Uh, that's kind of funny. That's kind of that's, well, let's walk <laughs> that <not> line. <laughs> that's why I want to walk the line. Outsource it in a really dangerous way because I certainly don't trust much of our audience to be funny here and side on the side of subtlety. Can we outsource it to Skip? Oh, I'm going to let Dan Lebitar die on that hill alone and let you know that next, about five minutes from now, you're going to hear from Hawk and Crowder. Here's a taste. A lot of goalie A lot of goalie research done this afternoon. Never enough research, never enough hockey. Next on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, another musical birthday, Journeys. Jonathan Cain, 70 years old today. Jonathan Cain on the keys right here. Some kind of mellow you out. I know traffic's really bad, and I know the rain. This kind of goes with the rain. Just let it wash over you. Steve Perry got the voice of an angel. Always got to love some journey and always love Hawk and Crowder. Earlier today, we were talking about Michael Bolton because it's also his birthday today. We're not going to get into that right now. What we are going to get into is them talking about starting a little bit early and being a little uncomfortable with that. Staying on point with Channing and the league minimum conundrum. Very difficult to start a two o'clock show at 155. It just doesn't, it doesn't, something doesn't feel right. Give us more time, baby. We get in here and it's 1.55 and I'm still getting situated and the show's supposed to be underway. You keep a locker at the station. I do. I love having a locker. That is, to me, the best thing. They've got a food hall at the bottom. They've got a rooftop bar. We've got a performing arts studio that the radio station owns here. It seats like 400 people. I mean, it is decked out. We've got the vending machines here. This is a new facility if you're new to the show. Uh, we got the vending machines that take the Apple Pay. You know, you want to go get something out of the vending machine. Boop, your phone. Okay, here's your, uh, here's your snack. It's almost like getting it for free. The best thing that Entercom has done is that bank of lockers. I think it's the worst. It's the best. I don't know why you need a locker. 
I got all my stuff no, in no, the locker. You have headphones. No, you haven't looked in my what locker. What else do you have in your locker? Have, have you decorated yeah, it? Yeah, I've got a poster up. <laughs> I do. I've got a I've got a, a calendar. I've got a poster up. I've got a mirror. Fix my makeup. I keep my makeup in there. Do they decorate your poster <laughs> on your birthday? <laughs> yeah, man. Come on, man. Get a hat out of rack. Here. Hat rack in there. Damn locker. Keep, at a uh, radio station. I love my locker. Big win for the Panthers last night. They needed that. <laughs> They have their biggest game of the season tomorrow at the BB&T Center. Toronto will be in town. That place will be sold out. I would imagine it's going to be like 50-50, right? 50-50 Maple Leafs fans versus Panthers fans. They are battling Toronto for that playoff spot. Right now, the Panthers would not be in the playoffs. Oh, you know who we have joining us on today's show? Kevin Weeks. Now, he is a goaltender. If you remember the name, he was drafted originally by the Panthers. I mean, this was many years ago. And then got traded away to Vancouver in that Pavel Bure trade. But he he's with NHL Network now, and they had asked, oh, do you want to talk to any of our analysts with the, the Panthers, you know, in the playoffs and whatnot? And, uh, and so I thought Kevin Weeks is perfect because he was a goalie, and I really want to know from a goalie's point of view because they did trade Vinny Trocek, but... I do think a lot of the Panthers, I mean, can we call them woes, Panthers mm. woes, or like, and I was going to ask him later today when he joins us, with Barkov and Huberdo and, you know, the, the, the signing yes. of Sergei Bobrovsky and bringing in Joel Quenville as the coach, should they be with, how many games are left, Solana? Maybe like 25 or so? About that, yeah. Should they be on the outside looking into the playoffs, or should they firmly be a playoff team? Because maybe it's not Panthers woes. You know what I mean? Like, I, do, I don't know. I'm curious what he would have to say about we, it. We got to see what he says, but we were selling, and they were selling to us, and everybody was selling that now with Quinville edition. Quinville and Bobrovsky. Vazina, 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 the the best goalie in the league. What's that? Vazina. What's happening? Vazina Award. Oh, I, yeah, Vizine. I've got that in my locker. <laughs> the Vazina. You need Vizina. He needs an emergency Vizina. <laughs> the Vazina Award. Alapata Riley. <laughs> best goalie in the league. Is that true? I have no idea what the best goalie award is. Vezina. It is actually V-E-Z-I-N-A, the Vezina Award. Yes. Huh. And he won it twice in 13 and 17. Like, to get him, and now he's, I was, I. Speaking of that Vezina, let me talk about the cheetah. <laughs> what? <laughs> that rhymes. Vezina, cheetah. cheetah. See if you're. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You, but <laughs> they, they, that's what we said. I sold know was the Vezina Award. I did some research before the show. Goodness. I mean. Oh, because you, everybody we talk, but we talk you, to people now. But you were gone two days last week. Adam Beasley, we're doing the show from Mark Light for a Hurricanes baseball game, and he drops the name of a baseball player. Like he, it was literally his only contribution in the first segment. Three rotation pitchers. For yeah, the he Kings. starts th- talking about three rotation pitchers, and I'm like, "What show are you doing?" Like, I don't, I don't even like. I'm talking about Mark Light shakes, like <laughs> rotation pitchers. What? And then the day before, Whittingham was filling in for you. Oh, he gets deep, deep. And I'm talking about the Hurricanes basketball. I think they had won the triple overtime game the night before and he and he's like i'll tell you what they're getting a little something out of that otis thorpe this year huh huh Otis is balling. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's not Otis Thorpe. I don't even know what the guy's name was. <laughs> How we gonna ride with you? But it was like, I was like, what? And he's like, oh, I, you started talking about the Hurricanes basketball team. And I'm like, well, it was in a pretty nebulous fashion or whatever. <laughs> now you're bringing out the Vizina Award, and I don't know what's happening to my show. I was off on Monday, man. I got research. <laughs> what done. is happening here? Vizina Award. I had extra time. You bring in a Stanley. Can I say Stanley Cup? Can yeah, I, that, oh, that, I can reference that. That's ubiquitous. You bring in a Stanley Cup champion coach, you bring in a Vazina Award winner three years ago, 
And I was sold that I was going to see some Panthers playoff hockey this year. Yeah, I didn't even think it was a question. That's what you, and you did were, not you know even what? think it was a question. I think you were my end. I think you were the one convincing me that I'm going to get a chance to go to more playoff well, hockey games. I will tell you about two or three weeks into the, the NBA and the NHL season, I came on this show and started it with, we are without question getting NBA and NHL playoffs down here this year. I loved it. And then, uh, yeah, then they went the tailspin or whatever. But he, I don't I, do anything. In, in my opinion, um, in my opinion, the Panthers are underperforming, but mine admittedly is an uneducated opinion because I just don't know hockey well enough to to look at the roster and say, yes, this team. But from what we were told, Sergei Bobrovsky was this big free agent signing yeah. as evidenced by his contract. You don't hand that out because you feel generous. With top three. We looked it up a couple yep. weeks ago. Top three paid goalie in the league. And you Joel have to Quinville, that way. I mean, he is Bill Belichick. Like, yes. the dude brings Stanley Cups. He's got all the experience that you want. A lot of goalie yeah, A lot of goalie research done this afternoon. Now, you got the NFL Combine going on in Indianapolis as well, and things are happening. Um, the NFL collective bargaining agreement seems like it's going to get passed by the NFLPA. The players which, are going to get screwed again. Well, not the – see, here's here's the problem with the, with the uh, collective bargaining agreement. The NFL is made up, much like our society, haves and have-nots. Mm-hmm. The guys that are the upper, upper echelon will get screwed if you can say, you know, getting a $30 million contract or whatever is getting screwed. But the guys at the bottom, guys like we had in this week when you did the business combine, combine yeah. Jake Rudock and, and uh, Terrell Hanks and whatnot. Yep. Those guys that are making, I don't know what the minimum is, yeah, 500000 Yeah, about so half a million now. It's guaranteed to go up $100,000. That's mm. part of the CBA. Well, yeah, if you're making... Making five hundred thousand dollars, and somebody says, "Sign your name here. Do the exact same thing you've been doing. We'll give you six hundred thousand dollars guaranteed. You're gonna sign your name every time. A twenty percent raise every time. Every time. And, and so yeah. that's the and, the and and so to expect guys like Terrell Hanks and Jake Rudock to be concerned with J.J. Watt and Dak Prescott is foolish. Very foolish. And so that's where you're going to get this agreement signed. And a lockout. And and there's going to be... You think Aaron Rodgers is worried about a lockout? He don't care. Neither does J.J. Watt. They would no, love it. But Terrell, Terrell, Terrell Hanks, Hanks Rudock, um, Tabor Pepper, those guys that are on the league minimum. Right. Bro, I'm not giving up game checks right. because y'all want to fight. Right. My NFL career is going to be three years. That's the average. Right. I need to get every damn check I can get. I was part of a lockout. Yes. And I was going into a lockout, but it was after my second contract. So I... W- you were I can't in a say different I was a spot. have, but I was a you, have. You were in a different spot. You would have put it in two sections where you I was were like, in a different spot. Plus, yeah, plus you had very good financial advice. You yes. had been putting money away because you knew that there was a potential for the lockout. Like you, you were in a much better spot. Think who were some of the tertiary guys that were you know on the roster that were the you know 49th player, or yeah. 50th, 50th player the, on the roster. The stories I tell about having to loan a guy 20 grand to get to August, where you start. Because people don't know this, you only get paid for. The season. The offseason, you don't get a dime from the NFL because you're not working. You're in the offseason. You get paid a little little stipend, and I'm talking about a couple grand a week for camp, and then you get your season check, and that's game to game. You play Sunday, you get paid Tuesday. You play the next Sunday, you get paid for that game. And that's why when you play in New York, you have to pay more taxes because you get paid for 
Sunday for the four-hour game on Sunday. I had to loan a, I don't say a bunch of people, five or six guys, money in the offseason where they didn't they didn't budget right, and they're like, bro, I need 30 racks so I can make it to August. Right, because you're not getting 26 checks every other week like most people get them. You're getting whatever, 16, 16. checks. You might get 20, but like those camp checks aren't, they're not going to, they're not going to pay your mortgage. If you have a house, like you have to, you have to prepare the entire year. So I think the NFL knows exactly what we're talking about, and I think they feed on that. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's about I would in the what eighteen hundred guys. There's about a hundred guys that are set for life. Absolutely, and and I will, I will tell you too. Like it's not fair to ask Terrell Hanks to take one for the team. Mean it's never gonna benefit him. It's no offense to him, no. but he's not gonna be Ray Lewis. And so you're asking him, no, hang tough. We got to make the owners buckle. It's because J.J. Watt needs the money guaranteed when he signs on the dotted line. Like, it's it's foolhardy. I wouldn't yeah. do it for like, whoever's, you know, like, I wouldn't do it. My first thing would be J.J. Watt has $100 million. Right. He needs more guaranteed. Right. I want my money. Right. J.J. Watt's not paying from when my mom gets sick. J.J. <laughs> Watt's not going to pay for it. Right. I need my bread. Right. If I've got two more seasons left in the NFL and I'm going to make either $1 million or $1.2 million, I'm going to choose to make 1.2 million yes because what i'm taking money out of jj watt's pocket right like i don't oh, care give a damn about jj but the good news family. for uh football fans is if this gets ratified uh you'll have 10 years of football because it's a 10-year collective yeah. bargaining agreement so and they're going to complain the whole it. time the big name mm-hmm. athletes will complain the entire time i saw someone i can't remember who on twitter saying oh, it may have been ben ben volan who's joining us today from the boston globe but saying people are saying they're will be labor peace now for the next 10 years. And he's like, don't get it twisted. There's not going to be labor peace. There will be an agreement, but there's not going to be peace. No. Uh, but that's the reality of it. And then Tua Tagovailoa, Ian Rappaport, he had tweeted out today, following two days of medical testing, Tua Tagovailoa received overwhelmingly positive reports on his dislocated hip from teams who examined him, sources say. The MRIs were as clean as hoped. Fracture is healed. There is no loss of blood flow. One source, quote, looked great. And I have further information on Tua to share with you today as well. So things are headed in that direction. I also have further information about Tua Tagovailoa to share with you. Here is what he recently said about the Dolphins. Hey, bro, look, look at this. You know, the Dolphins want you. I, I, I'd be flattered, but, you know, as a kid growing up, I mean, that's that's like a dream, you know, to to have an organization, you know, want you, um, especially the fans there. You know, you get the support from the fans. It's, it makes it big time. So, I mean, I, I've been grateful to, to have Big-time dream to get paid millions of dollars and live and work in Miami. Ah. <sighs> That about does it for the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Be sure to download the podcast for this show or any of the shows you hear on the radio station. WQAM.com, the radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free. You can get at me on Twitter at Dan Day Radio tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, because I'll have another edition of the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.